the sermon this morning, uh, you know, we always, well, once a month, we do what Jesus said to do, at least once a month anyway. Um, we're following what his word says. And so we have communion as a church. And so I felt like it was valuable for us just to take a look at this. Why are we doing this? What are we doing? Uh, some scriptures that I think that are pretty incredible when it comes to this whole idea of communion. You know, I always, I shouldn't say always, I typically read some verses from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11 when we do communion. And so those verses probably are pretty familiar. It says, um, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed. He took some bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, I hope we notice that this is in 1 Corinthians. And so the person who is, who is sharing this with the church is Paul. It's not Jesus. We can find accounts in the Gospels of what happened at the, at the Lord's Supper, but this is Paul's words to a church, and that church was in Corinth. And I think that's important because as we look at what we're accomplishing, as we look at what we're doing, I mean, I get it. The disciples probably had no clue what all was being accomplished in that moment. They, they, their, their minds were a little bit. And, you know, the church in Corinth, I think we can relate to the church in Corinth because God tells them to do something, they do it their way, and then he has to correct them. I mean, that's really the epitome of Corinth. And, and so what we see in, in chapters 10 and in chapters 11 is they've taken this remembrance, they're being obedient, they're doing what God said, but they've done it their way. And so what happens is Pastor Paul has to come along and teach. I like it when someone teaches. Why? Because when they teach, you know, someone else's mistakes, I can learn from your mistakes. I don't have to repeat the same mistakes because if you made that mistake, I can see what you were taught and hopefully apply that to my life without having to make the same mistake. Get what I'm saying? And so that's why I like this, this idea in, 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 in the first book of Corinthians because we see Paul teaching or rebuking, correcting, you know, in love, the church, because they just kind of were missing the mark. They were just kind of doing it with some wrong intentions, some wrong motives. I mean, you know, some people were coming and they weren't letting everybody get some. Some people were coming hungry and eating too much. Some people were coming with the wrong... I mean, they had this whole idea of what communion was supposed to be kind of messed up. And so Paul just kind of had to come along. And, and Paul, being Paul, sometimes he steps on toes. Sometimes he, he does it gracefully. But he helps them to understand what this is about. And so this morning, I, I want to hopefully refresh or, or rekindle what this is about. What God was, was trying to accomplish, why he set aside, why the instruction was do this in remembrance of me, why it's what we would call an ordinance of our church, something that we do, believing that, that God told us to do it, so that's why we do it. But there's something more than just the obedience. I'm going to look at the, the chapter before and, and see what I feel like is a key uh, to communion. And as we look at these words, I pray that this morning that, that they help us. We're going to end service today with communion as we enter into this remembrance of what God is accomplishing. So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 10. I'm going to pray. God, I thank you this morning for the opportunity to be here. 
I thank you for the invitation to your table this day. God, I thank you for what you have already accomplished and what you intend to accomplish in this place. Spirit of God, we yield ourselves to you. We pray your anointing be upon us, this place, this room. Set our hearts and minds apart for the work that you want to accomplish. God, I lay down everything that I have before you. I ask that your very words come from me. God, that you would speak to our hearts in a way that illuminates truth, in a way that challenges self, in a way that transforms us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, 1 Corinthians 10, this is Paul's teaching. If I, or I speak to sensible people. Now, Pastor Paul, thank you for that. I'll say that this morning. I'm speaking to sensible people. Okay? Look at your wife and say you're sensible. If you didn't say that yet this morning, it's probably a good thing. We'll get some reconciliation first. Or your husband or your children, whatever. I speak to sensible people, so judge for yourselves what I say. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. Verse 16, as we look at communion today, Verse 16 is what's standing out in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit. Is not the cup of thanksgiving a participation in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread that we, part, that we break a participation in the body of Christ? You see, I could see communion as, as a very active thing. So many times communion is passive. It's all about what God did for us. It's all about, me, you know, this, we, we're just sitting there, we're almost like God, pick up the food, put it in our mouth, we'll put our mouth up and down. We're like receiving what he does. But there's something about Paul, he's teaching the people, he says, is not what we're doing with communion, is it not a participation in the body, in the blood of Christ. Now, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean for me to participate in the blood of Christ? What does it mean for me to say to you that you're participating in the, in the breaking or, or, or in the body of Christ? Like, what does that tell us? Well, we look at the book. What is he correcting? Like, what is Paul speaking to the church about? In that chapter in Corinthians, we see a people who they've really kind of not come to the table prepared. They're kind of doing things their way. They're kind of, well, what was happening was they were offering sacrifices. People were offering sacrifices to false gods and they were participating in that as well as participating in coming to eat the true bread. And, and so Paul, he kind of, he talks to them continuing in that, in that chapter well, I'll, I'll go ahead, sorry. No, I won't. I don't have a slide for this, Andrew, so don't worry about it. Consider the people of Israel. This is what he says following the verses that I just read. Do not, this is in verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 10. Do not 
those who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar? Do I mean that a sacrifice offered to an idol is anything or that an idol is anything? No, but the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I don't want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than He? You see, He's looking at a people and they're coming to the table, but I don't think they're prepared for what the table has to offer. You know how sometimes participation brings about preparation or responsibility? So last Sunday, Greg participated in the service, right? So Greg was willing to bring the sermon. Now, Greg, I'm just going to assume because you were bringing the sermon, there was some preparation that had to proceed coming to service that was a little bit different than the week before when you came to church. Okay? So sometimes our, our, our participation causes preparation in us. So when he's talking to the church and he's saying you're going to participate in the, in the body, in the, in the blood, he, he's getting to the fact that your hearts are kind of in this duality. You're participating at the cup of demons and you want to participate in the cup of Christ. And he's saying that's just not right. Like if you realize, now, we set this aside the first Sunday of the month. It's been in the bulletin for the last couple of weeks. Today we're going to have communion. What does that mean? Go to, that, go to the title screen, Andrew. So today, what, what, what I hope you understand is that God has set a place at His table for you this morning. Like, He set a place at His table, and He said, do this in remembrance of me. So He wants to set a place for you this morning. If you're showing up at God's table, does that change the way you prepare? Like if you had the picture in your mind, let's just, let's just picture it today, that there was a table set up front and, and there was a seat or a chair for you and Jesus Christ was sitting right here. Might have got that suit out today. <laughs> Put a couple squirts of cologne on and spend a little extra time in the shower. Brush the teeth a little harder. You know what I mean? Like something about that. If you knew that, that there was someone distinguished that wanted to have supper with you today, you're probably doing some preparation. There's some, there's some intentionality to what's going on inside of you. We're participation. We're participants in, in what God is, is, is offering you know, the verses that I read, they continue. The ones that I usually read in, in Corinthians where we talk about, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. In chapter 11 it says, So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of Christ. We're participants in the body and blood of Christ and because of the participation that we have, there's responsibility that God places upon us. There's something about being set apart, the, the table being set for you, that brings responsibility in your life. So verse 28, everyone ought to examine themselves. 
before they eat the bread and drink the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That's why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we're judged in this way by the Lord, we're being disciplined so that we would not be finally condemned with the world. What's he saying? Look at yourself when you come to the table. We talk about the, the body and blood. We're going to talk about the body and blood of Christ. Sometimes we take the cup so lightly. Like it's just another thing. It's just another part. We, we take for granted what truly the body of Christ represents. The body of Christ being broken for us. Are you ready to have communion with the Almighty today? Like, are you ready to sit across the table from the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and share a cup? Well, I don't know how to get ready. Well, we'll get to that. There's another scripture. This is a little bit longer. Matthew chapter uh, 22. It's a parable. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. I'm telling you, God has prepared a banquet for us. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. See, they weren't ready. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered. And everything is ready. Come to the wedding. But let me tell you, Jesus, God has prepared his very best. That's what we're celebrating. Jesus said, take and eat. This is my body. This is my blood. That's the very best that God had, that he's prepared for you this morning. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention. One went off and one did his field, another did his business. The rest seized his servants, they mistreated them, and they killed him. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited, they, they did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you can find. So he set the table for others, right? So the servants went out to the streets. They gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed what? One man. Why did he notice that man? He wasn't ready. He noticed a man who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked him, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. The king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'm telling you, that's a, a parable. I read it sometimes and I struggle with it. The dude was just invited from the street corner and he went to the wedding banquet. The other people didn't even show up. So what's the big deal? He came, right? But he wasn't prepared. And because he took lightly the invitation that was given him, he was taken and thrown out where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's something about as we approach the table, preparation and responsibility. 
There's a holy fear that comes with what's being accomplished at this table. It's a reverence. It's an awe. Like, again, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords has said this morning, I want to commune with you. Like, I want to have fellowship with you. I want to offer the cup of the new covenant to you. I want you to take and eat the bread which represents the body of Christ broken for you. Are you ready? You see, your place is at the table. He says it's a participation in his blood. That almost sounds... You know, when Jesus started talking about the... Uh, in, in the Gospels, we see he teaches about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, and it says people laugh because it was just too hard for them to comprehend. Participation in the blood. What in the world does that mean? The other night we were reading... Uh, we have the Bible app on our iPad, and we were reading with the kids about the Passover. And, and so talking about how they had to paint the doorpost with blood, and Levi says, I just would have used red paint. And paint, that's a lot easier than blood, right? I mean, did they really kill lambs? Yeah, there's something about the participation in the blood. What comes through the participation in the blood of Jesus Christ? First John chapter 1 Verse 7, if we walk in the light as he, in the, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, does what? It purifies us from all sin. My participation in the blood of Jesus Christ is the reality that my sins are forgiven. Too often we discontinue what God has done. Too often we allow sin to, to define us rather than allowing what was accomplished through the blood of Christ to, to, to be defined in our life. His sin, his, his blood has forgiven your sin. Your sin is forgiven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Your participation in the blood of Jesus Christ is that my sin has been forgiven. As you take the cup this morning, your participation is the reality, the assurance, the confidence, the, the, just the, the know that your sin has absolutely been forgiven. Ephesians chapter 2 says, My part in the blood is something else. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am near. The word for this is reconciliation. I've been reconciled to Jesus Christ. I may have once been far away. You know, there's times where I don't feel like God is right there. You ever been there? There's times where my mind and my flesh tell me God is far away. But I participate in the blood of Christ that said God is here. Even though I may not feel it, even though I may not recognize it, my part in the blood is that God, has, I've been reconciled to Him. There's no longer the distance that once was between me and Him. So whether I feel it or not, He is here. Whether I recognize it or not, we've been reconciled. I've been forgiven. Not only have I been forgiven, have I been reconciled, but I've been redeemed. 1 Peter chapter 1 for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. 
The price has been paid. You have been redeemed. There's joy. There's freedom that comes through participating in the blood of Christ. My sin is forgiven. I have been brought near to Jesus Christ. I am redeemed from what was to where I am today. The the, the price has been paid. The blood of Jesus Christ has been paid. I am redeemed. Sometimes I think we need to remind ourselves of our part in the blood. We forget. We neglect. 1 Corinthians 11.25 In the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, eat it, drink it in remembrance of me. I want to participate in His forgiveness. I want to participate in His reconciliation. I want to participate in His redemption. I want to participate in His promises. The cup of the new covenant. That's the cup of God's promise to you. Sometimes that's active participation. Sometimes that's participation when we're not so certain what it means. But my participation is in the cup of the new covenant. That's God's promises that are my life. They're for me. Do this in remembrance of me. He said in the same way uh, that we participate in in the, the bread... Because there's one loaf, I'm sorry, and uh, is not the bread that we break, a participation in the body of Christ. Because there is one body, or one loaf, and we who are many are one body, for we all partake of one loaf. What am I participating in? We're one loaf. There's one body, there's one loaf. We who are many are one body. Let me tell you, I'm a part of something bigger than me. I'm not alone. We tell ourselves all the time that we're alone. We're I, I tell you what, I went to Florida. There ain't nobody alone in Florida. I don't care where you're at. There's somebody else there. And the highways are definitely not lonely. Out here we can get alone. Let me tell you, you're not alone. You're a part of something much bigger. You're part of the body of Christ. You are a part of, 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 of the body of Christ. Not only are you a part of His body, consequently in Ephesians chapter 2 it says, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and member of His household. There's a place for you. You're not alone. I'm identifying with that place. I'm taking part in that place, my place. 
The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. Now, if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Let me tell you, not only are you a part, but there's something that God set apart for you. You're an heir of the King of Kings. There's got to be a confidence that that should bring. Like you're an heir. You're a co-heir with Christ Jesus. We're joint heirs with Christ. Heirs of God. That's who I am. Yeah, he's a good father, but I'm an heir of him. So what does that mean? That means that there's promise. That means that there's something. I'm his heir. Yet we lose sight of our place. Understanding who I am. Understanding my heirship, if that's a word. It is today. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He's given us very great and precious promises through them that you may participate in the divine nature. I'm a participant in the blood in the body of Christ. And because I participate, because I've shared, because I'm receiving, because I'm, because I'm, I'm consuming what God has offered, I should expect that I'm a participant in the divine nature of God. We were reading in, in John chapter 15, I'm the vine and you are the branches. And, and he says, remain in me and I in you. When we're a part of him, when we're joined with him, we should expect that the divine nature would come from us. Do you hear that? The divine nature is within you. God has set you apart. He's set a place for you this morning that you could participate in the very divine nature of God. having escaped the corruption in the world caused by all evil desires. You guys can come forward. This morning, I want to participate in communion. This morning, there's a table set. There's a place set for you. This morning, there's an opportunity for you to be prepared. Pastor, I, I've been drinking the cup of demons. I can't take that cup this morning. Yes, you can. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. He said we've been made right by His blood. 
If you say you're not ready this morning, if you examine yourself this morning as we prepare for this club and you say, Pastor, I know what this week has been. I know the worlds I've been living in. I know the expectations that I have. I want to tell you that, that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is yours this day. Participate in his blood. Receive the forgiveness. Receive the reconciliation. Receive the redemption that God has offered this day for you. Examine yourself. Ah, my thigh's a little crooked. Well, forgot to put some deodorant on today. I'm telling you, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords wants to share a meal with you. He's got his very best to offer you. Let this define you. My part is that I'm defined by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not defined by what I've done. I'm not defined by where I've been. But I'm defined by what's been accomplished through the blood of Jesus Christ. My sin doesn't define me. No, it's not too great that God can't forgive me. No, it's not too extreme that God can't can't forgive me. No, He has forgiven you. You are not far from Him. You've been reconciled to Him. He paid the price for you. His promises are yes and amen. I want to tell you there's a part in the body of Christ. There's a part for you. A valuable part, an integral part for you. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 26, while they were eating, Jesus took bread When he had given thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take. 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 You receive. Take. You do your part. Take and eat. This is He took a cup and when he given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. This morning, I want to do our part. The king has offered the invitation. His banquet table is set. He desires for you to come take and eat. To come do your part. You're invited. You're invited. God, I pray for us this morning. I pray that We do our part. God, that as we participate in communion this day, God, it's not a ritual, it's not just a tradition, but this is an encounter with the Almighty. 
It's a participation in the blood. It's a participation in the body of Christ. It's a participation in the very divine nature that you've set inside of me. God, if we need to be cleansed, purified, deodorized, do it. If we need to repent, if we need to ask for forgiveness, if we need to ask, let it be that we can participate in our place at your table. This morning, communion is going to be just an open table. I encourage you to, to, to just prepare yourself when you're ready to take part, to come, to get a cup, to get a, to get a, get a wafer and participate in the body of Christ, in the blood of Christ. haven't already partaken, go ahead and partake. He said, take and eat. Drink this cup. It's in your hands. It's yours, this thing. It's becoming a very part of you. I'm participating in, in what God has. I'm participating in the blood of Christ. I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. His promises are yet it's a part of me. It's going to come from within me because that's who I am. I'm a part of the vine so fruit will come. The body of Christ. It's me. That's my part. It's me. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me table was set. I received what he's offered. I hope you've received what he's offered. I hope that you've participated in, in what he's given because I believe that he's got a part of the divine nature that will come from you. You're part of his plan. God is good, amen? The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you be a participant in the divine nature of God. Amen? We're going to have food. God bless the food in the hands. Bless our fellowship and bless our days. In Jesus' name, amen.